The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. What are we drinking today? Well, we're going back to taste again the Rob Roy. The Rob Roy. Yeah. We like this one, and we're surprised how much we like this one. Yeah. So I think I learned about this movie, although I've known about the drink for years. I learned about it in the movie, I want to say The Bonfire of the Vanities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a guy, a character in a bar, ordering Rob Roy's. He said he could drink them all night. Yeah. And then we had one. It was like, oh, this is actually a pretty good drink. It is a really good drink. So So what's in it? Two parts of blended whiskey. So we used Black Label Johnny Walker. Yeah. And then an ounce of sweet vermouth. And then Mm -hmm. two dashes of Angostura bitters. Shaken straight up with a, you can use an orange or a lemon twist. I think it sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, you can drink these all night. It's a great drink, you know. It's It's not as intense as a Manhattan. No. But it's still a big boy drink. It's balanced, though. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely drink. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, me too. Okay. Chapter 17. Yeah. Kind of like this chapter. I like this chapter, too. Yeah. So the chapter begins with uh, Amy stepping into the dungeon Erica's gone. Erica's gone, yeah. She's now on her own. It's like a day after Erica has left. She starts to move in the apartment and starts to... Yeah, so she talks about, you know, the furnishings and just being in the apartment. And she talks about her sort of challenge trying to connect with her professional life. Yeah, she's still attached to that, like attached to applying for jobs and that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's her career, you know. So she's looking for opportunities there. But she's confronted by the fact that there are just thousands and thousands of MBAs out of work. Right. Because layman's collapsed, the markets are tanked, it's an economic crisis, and, you know, she's confronted by her bank account being, like, emptied out. Right, and bills still do. And bills still do. And she realizes she's got this kind of opportunity, and she talks herself into accepting the opportunity because she needs the money. Yep. So... In many ways, it's survival sex work. Totally. Yeah. For her, it is. For her, yeah. Anyway, the chapter progresses, and she describes a couple of clients clients that Mm -hmm. she's had. Yeah. 
And the first one is a foot fetishist. Mm -hmm. And this person just wants to sort of nuzzle and come on her feet. And she's like, okay, well, that's not hard. And she was like, it was no big deal. No big deal. Take a shower, clean my feet off. I'm good. Yeah. And, you know, she makes two grand from this foot fetishist. Yeah. She's like, I can do that. Seems no different than going to a conference. Yes. You know, it's about the same amount of effort. And then the next scene she describes with this character named Dan, who's got a pretty unusual bondage fetish. Mm -hmm. And it involves essentially being tied down so he can't move Mm -hmm. in the dark for an extended period of time. Right. And the advice that Erica has correctly given her is to pay attention because he's in the dark and he's tied down. Yeah. Not to leave him unattended. Don't leave him unattended, yeah. And so she sits in the dark with him and it's kind of like this situation where she's responsible, this person's tied up, and she's just sitting in the dark. So I can just imagine. For three hours. For three hours. It's kind of a long sit. So she starts to get bored. So she's bored. And so she starts to touch him and, you know. Trying to guess what trying he to guess. needs or wants yeah. during this. Because there's, yeah. there's notes on him, but not a lot. The notes are unequivocal. And they have played, you know, in the initial tying up scene. And she touched his feet or, and he was like, you know, don't do that. You know, and he's kind of jumpy. Yeah. And so she's worried she's overstepped her choices. Well, well, she's gotten off on the wrong foot. Yeah. And so she's initially sits that first hour just kind of in silence. Right. But then she gets bored, like you say. Yeah. And on a gradient, she engages him more. And she begins to have a little bit of a mental mind fuck with him. Yeah. And I really think that's. Amy's skill, right? Amy's naturally a dominant Mm -hmm. and she's smart. And so, you know, she tries to engage him in a way that gives her information. Mm -hmm. And so she talks to him and gauges how he responds and touches him and gauges how he responds. And she just creates this opportunity to test the character on the table Mm -hmm. By, you know, moving her hand up his leg and getting it onto his cock. And then she lubes up her head and she actually strokes him off, but actually challenges him to not come. Until she gives him permission. Until she gives him permission. So there's that power exchange occurring Mm -hmm. there. And, you know, this is a scene I can completely imagine is occurring. Oh, yeah. You know, and I don't think there's anything contrived about it. And I think that it's completely in her wheelhouse. Totally. And... As she put it, you know, she put a collar on him and tied him down with rope. Mm-hmm. She, she put it at the end of the chapter. She said, you know, tying a square knot and, and locking padlocks is in my wheelhouse. Yes. You know, so yeah. so she gets where her skill set lies. Yeah. Anyway, the thing that was shocking about this chapter from her perspective was when all was said and done, he left her five thousand dollars for three hours. Of for work. three hours of work, so it's a pretty good return. And he and wanted to schedule, and he already scheduled for the next Tuesday. For the next Tuesday, and, and she's like, "Yeah, you can come as often as you like because that's easy peasy." Yeah, right. So you know, the title of the chapter is about getting into the grind of the dungeon, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a odd title. And the reason I thought it was is because. It wasn't, it's not really a grind, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not yet a grind. She's brand new in it. Mm -hmm. I would have thought she might've titled it, you know, getting into the excitement of the dungeon. Well, I think the grind might've worked because when you talk about three hours sitting in the dark, even Mm. Amy alluded to the whole three hours of sitting in the dark and she couldn't last either. Right. 
I mean, she herself couldn't last in it hour two or whatever yeah. or so she started getting antsy herself. And so the grind would have been to stick to the complete uh, isolation Correct. darkness with maybe some talking and leave him wanting, which I only imagine, and I'm not certain, but it makes me think that's what Erica had done. Yes. Yeah. Cause she is, she's very clear. She didn't stroke people off or things like that. She doesn't feel like it. She just, right didn't want to deal with that. She'd put towels out for people and things, but Hey, you're welcome to you know, come, but if you make a mess, then you'll have to clean it's it on up. You, yeah, right. exactly. And there's just different styles of dominance. And Amy had already done dominant stuff when she was doing the hotel gig. Sure. Where she had done that. Yeah. So that was in her wheelhouse. Yeah. No, I definitely get the sense like this is upper alley, you know, the conversation that she was having with the client was interesting because she's trying to get at what his compulsion like, is. Like, why would he want to do that? Yeah. Now, you've been in extended bondage. So mm-hmm. what's the experience you have in extended bondage? Twofold. Like, if the ties are really well-placed and, you know, I'm, and I'm immobilized, then the actual bondage creates support where you can relax into your the bonds yeah. themselves. In a sometimes contorted figure but like to hold that position on your own may be difficult yeah for hours but to be tethered that way yeah and then be able to relax into the bonds and be in that position then it becomes meditative because even if it makes you some positions can make you sore but if you relax into it it's like mind over body like you you experience the pain it's much different than impact pain yeah it's a pain that is sustained like a burning and it's an endurance enduring kind of thing. So yeah. you are using your mind a lot to move that pain. Like mm. you've talked about the pyramid and right. shrinking it down kind of thing. Yeah. It's like that kind of thing works. Also, I think there's something about, I mean, we do it with babies all the time. We swaddle babies quite tightly and they usually just love it if the baby is... Uh, agitated and you swaddle them they'll often calm down because they can relax into the the compression right so you feel secure yes you feel kind of secure that way got it yeah interesting well it's interesting to find out what it is that his is his compulsion well and i would say some people find it very sexy just the bonds themselves but his compulsion is not that he's in the dark right and he's really about ankle or cuff wrist cuff type restraints so he's not being really roped up no. he's being restrained with cuffs and then those are being lashed down or chained down to it to a, a cross or a bench or right. something like that yeah so it's interesting we'll find out more about him i imagine as the story unfolds yeah but it's also you know if you step back and you take a look at what amy's experiences you know so Mm -hmm. this was something she had been talking about doing then she did a little bit of orientating to the process with erica personally and a client or two now she's in it on her own so now she's taking on the world of being in the in the dungeon as a dominatrix and you know her initiation is two pretty simple clients Mm -hmm. that have pretty simple really needs fetish needs yeah and it's outside of the world of sexuality in a way for her mm-hmm. 
although they want to have an orgasm out of the experience. Yeah. 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 So we'll see if her world becomes more complex. I know. Yeah. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Thank you.